couldn't go and ask them for more money. I couldn't go and there, there's no way they'd be my client. There's no way that person would be my friend. It's close the, close the conversation in your head. That fear, that's that's the, that's the fear I learned to overcome. I still, I still occasionally, you know, if I'm tired and I'm hungry, I'll listen to that voice and I'll listen. But generally, I got better at just, you know, I say, run towards the wrecking ball. That's the fear, <laughs> right? Because even if you get hit, you're going to have a hell of a great ride and a hell of a story to tell somebody later on. Uh, and you'll know when you play the game again that when to duck. So, so that's the fear I've really overcome. Fearless and Successful Podcast is hosted by Coach D. That is me. <laughs> Designed for change makers just like you. As a coach, activator of human potential, and freedom architect, I have one mission with this podcast. To inspire you to dream big, plan for success, and impact the world. I love all things mindset, money, and manifestation. So I will be sharing my favorite tips and tricks to help you activate your infinite potential by taking aligned and inspired action. You can also expect fearless stories from leaders around the world who designed life and business on their own terms. If we can do it, so can you. If you're ready, my fearless friend, let's get this party started. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, my fearless people. We are tuning into another fearless episode and we are calling London. Ferris Aranki with us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, hello, Diana. London receiving. Hello, Stockholm. <laughs> it's great to be with you today. Amazing. We were just like, uh, Eurovision was on, I don't know if you watch Eurovision. I do. Um, it's, it, it brings so many childhood dreams. And it's always like, ah, oh, we're calling from... London, Stockholm, Helsinki. <laughs> so that's kind of a fun. Um, I'm excited to have you on because you have something that I don't know. And I, I'm going to be super curious about your success formula. Um, yeah. I'm going to be super, super, I'm super nerd. So all the okay. formulas and all the equations are always yeah. super amazing. But before we do that, I would yeah. love for our listeners to get a brief intro. What do you do? How do you teach success and all things good? Goodness, emotional intelligence. I just love it. Yeah, yeah. well, it's great to meet all the listeners. I'd love to meet them all one by one, but uh, maybe over time. Uh, so what do I do? I, I'm a consultant and advisor. Uh, I run my own business, a company called Sheer Ghetto. Uh, which is the Japanese word for a sharpening stone, because that's what I do with businesses. I sharpen them. And uh, I do that by uh, looking at three levers, their IQ, their EQ, and their FQ. So you're probably going, okay, I might have heard of one of those cues, maybe two of them, but not all three. Uh, so the IQ is all about, do they have the right ideas in the business? Uh, are they bringing their best ideas, best level of creativity? Are they not, you know, and, um, and being really super smart? Okay, if they're not, I can help them with that. Uh, but having good ideas is not enough. 
Then you need the EQ. You need others to be bought into the ideas. You need to take others on the journey. So are they really good at talking to people, listening, communicating, getting teams together? Uh, that's the EQ part. If they're not good at that, I can help them with that, uh, uh, me and my team. And then finally is the FQ. This is the one your listeners might not have heard of. And this is focus quotient. So you can have a great idea. You can have everyone behind it. But if you're trying to do too many things at the same time, uh, overexposing yourself or, um, or you have too many barriers in a way, then you're not going to be successful. So often companies can't see that. They, you know, at a company level, they're doing 150 things. Uh, so it means each of them is not going to be a success. Um, and you wouldn't do that in your personal life. You wouldn't go on a diet, learn a language, move country, uh, you know, pick up, try and learn an instrument all at the same time. So why do that in business? Um, and so if they are, if they're really stretched on FQ, that's where I can help them as well. So success equals IQ times EQ times FQ. You need a bit of all of them. I love this. And I love that you mentioned focus. I, I think that especially now when we are so distracted with so many information and so many things that are pulling our attention away from that, what really matters. I think that's so mind blowing that you actually have that in your success formula. I love it. Um, let's go a bit, a bit into it. So you mentioned a, um, IQ about ideas. So yeah. What does that actually mean? Like good ideas. How do we validate ideas that really bring success? How do you go around it? Okay, well, I used to be a strategy consultant, so I was all about the ideas. Now, now the one end of the scale, ideas come from research, uh, you know, good modeling, leading by fact, not by gut, right? So base it on facts and, and thing. It also test and learn falls into that. You know, what have we learned in the past? How can we apply? But also ideas is about inclusivity. You know, you can have a team where all, the, you know, generally, historically, I'm working with one team at the moment where they're so used to the boss coming up with the ideas. Now, that's great if the boss is the smartest person in the room and the boss is great. But actually, what about the other nine members of the team? They've all got great ideas, right? So why would you close off 90% of your ideas? So just by changing how they present their ideas, we've been able to um, unlock lots more right um other techniques are do you know that do you know what coach d do you know quite simply if you get a person to do some physical activity before they generate ideas they are going to generate more ideas and better ideas right it's a simple thing so sometimes they just get teams up on and they do stupid things like kung fu punctuation or get them all to to, to play super paper scissors stone right they go why are we doing this i'm like you're about to become smarter by doing this um and other things that i do are like war gaming where we take an idea and we stress test it by playing a simulation, a game. It's fun, but it also means we learn new stuff that we hadn't thought of. Or I run pre-mortems. Pre-mortems is where you assume an idea fails and you try and come up with reasons why it failed. And that way you improve your original idea. So that's, that's you know, there's loads of different techniques, both for the individual and for the company to get more IQ without me saying, look, I'm a world expert on your topic. I bet you I can get more ideas out of your team. And I bet you they'll be better than if you hadn't applied some of these techniques. Wow, I love the, the the simulation of war games and also like the motion. I do believe um, I'm a dancer, so I love to dance. Okay. Every time I go on a call, I would dance it out. Or even if I'm like in a funky mode, dance is go-to for me. Um, and I know that is such a big stress relief for me because there, there are ideas that are just kind of trapped within you and they can kind of be birthed if you don't 
really physically move yourself. Tony Robbins always said like motion is emotion, like really those emotions are trapped in your body. You need to release them to actually get creative. So yeah, 100%, I, I love this. And inclusivity, um, it's so funny because we live in this um, now in this society where leaders are more and more authentic and they are really tapping into their genius and kind of when where the, they know that the team actually contributes to the core of the, the business and more you empower um, your team members to actually generate and contribute to the company, the more successful you can be. At least what I have been talking with people who came on my podcast, it's really that um, just be in our zone of genius and let other people be in theirs. So I love that part. Yeah, and some, but sometimes it's hard. This is where IQ and EQ overlap. Sometimes it's hard for your personal ego to, yeah. to say, actually, that's not my idea. It's somebody else's and it's better than mine, right? And so, um, do you know, one of the best things I do with companies is I get ideas and I anonymize them. So you, you sort of separate the name from, you know, who created the idea with the idea. So people just look at the idea and go, that's amazing. And then you reveal it's actually the most junior person in the team. And they go, wow. Uh, okay, well, let's go with it. We, we all said we liked it. But if, it, if, if the junior person had just presented it, they would, you know, you know what happens in teams. Someone would say, oh, that's great. You don't know how it works. We've tried that. Blah, blah. You know, I have, a great, I have a great slide that says 27 ways people say no without mm. saying right and you hear them all the time in meetings right and so the key is to try and limit those to allow ideas to to flourish yeah that's so cool um why do you feel that people are so obsessed like this needs to be mine and it's mine why ego trips us oh well uh, i mean psychiatrists would probably have a lot more of this i i don't know i think it's a combination of how we grow up um how we you know, we, we're very protective and it, it, it's a great thing, right? And we like, we like to, to, to feel rewarded and feel important and, and necessary. So, so I suspect it's aspects, but it, there's different reasons for everyone, but I definitely see it time and time again in teams. Um, significance, significance, yeah, right. Yeah, and particularly senior teams. You don't get to be senior without having an ego, unfortunately. And particularly historically, you, 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 um, you tend to be the most dominant person. And so, um, you know when you put all those dominance it's like it's like stags hitting each other and there can be a lot of tension um and nobody wants to back down it, do you find that there is a difference between female and male um leaders i do i do female male different cultures um how old the company is um as well is a big factor so certainly i enjoy working with startups because they don't have any usually set ways of working. They bring their real selves to the table. They have less to lose in some ways. And so they're, they're more willing to listen to ideas and, and things. Whereas in a company, because people have come up and learned behaviors that by the time they're at the top, it, there's a lot to lose. So they're, they're very afraid. Mm. Would you say that women are, tend to loosen up more they they are not holding on to ideas and there need to be theirs or is there just i would say in general i i don't really like generalization but in in, in general women are have much uh, a more natural at eq uh, so they're much better and for me what eq is is about reading the room and yeah. seeing what's happened and when you say something yeah. um so they don't necessarily share their ideas more but they are more in tune with how people respond and and then we'll will flex that's the other part of eq you can read a room but if you don't flex to adapt to it mm. um 
then you're not really using your superpower. Uh, so they flex, you know, if they see people are angry at an idea, then they will try and calm things down. Uh, or if they see someone has been about, um, is made sad by an idea, they'll go and comfort them. So that's where I think is the real skill that is more natural in some people and, and probably uh, women over men, I would say, on the balance of things. But also you find that in some cultures. You know, a lot of Mediterranean cultures are very much warmer than sort of westernized ones because that's just how their families get together and stuff. So so I wouldn't just say it's it's uh, gender specific. There's a whole range of factors that go into it. Mm. So, yeah, I, I love that you said that. Is it like when we talk about emotional intelligence, how important that like I think for me, like I know that that's important. But what would you say? what is the what portion of people or companies are actually paying attention to that part oh um i'd say it's changing but i i don't think it's a key requirement that people recruit on uh so they don't have a lot of it in the in the firm and where they do they don't necessarily um appreciate and get the most out of it um you know, so uh, it is definitely a skill that can be developed. You know, I don't think it's just, but you then need to work on it. You know, I go into companies and I run training programs and they go, great, you've run one training program. Everyone now knows how to be emotional intelligent. I said, it's not like that. You don't just go to the gym and lift one weight and suddenly you're super strong. You've got to work on it every day. You've got to create the space and you've got to, you've got to show them that it's important. Not that just that they, you know, they've done it once, now forget about it. Um, so that's, that's what I always... Um, you know, I find sad, but, but Hey, it creates a lot of space for the kind of work I do. Yeah. So what would you say for people who are listening to this and they would like, yeah, I definitely want to incorporate um, that in my, you know, maybe they're just like solopreneurs, they're just starting, but they want to be mindful. They're integrating emotional intelligence in their businesses. What would be the first step for them to, to do that? So, uh, you know, identify where you have emotional intelligence in your business. And going back to our first point, if it's not in you, don't worry, right? Have the ego to say that's okay. So find your superstars, wrap them up in cotton wool and unleash them, right? Unleash them by learning from them. Unleash them by putting them into the arenas where are the most important things for you. So they might not have the technical knowledge, okay? But if you drop them into something which is super important and it involves people, they will somehow manage to get everyone to... Uh, they'll bring the best to the table. Um, so, you know, I often go and work with very technical people in very obscure industries that I know nothing about, aerospace, water, you know, lots of engineers who just don't know how to talk to each other. Um, and so I'm dropped in to kind of be that glue and get the best out of them without them realizing it sometimes. Um, so, so if you had to have in your own business, find these superstars, put them where it's important, get others to learn from them and it's amazing only takes sort of three months of working with someone and particularly if you're if you've got an open mindset you'll start picking up their behaviors and and learning little tips from them and you'll you'll see it spread around your company what would you say that it's the most challenging part of your business oh there's loads of challenges that's uh, one of the fun of yeah, um, i know <laughs> uh, of running a business um I'd say, because uh, I'm still quite a small business, you know, it's all about, um, there's two main challenges. One, one is about getting new business in. And the challenge there is the stuff I sell is very intangible and it's not actually like a product off the shelf, you know, oh, okay, we can 
we can buy handbag. processed stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it gives handbag. me instant gratification. <laughs> yeah, so I'm often having to tell people what it is before they're even aware they want to buy it. And as I said, as we said earlier, I'm usually selling to senior people, and senior people um, very usually not lack self awareness, but find it hard to say, "Do you know what? I am rubbish at this. Can you come and help me?" Mm. Okay, so the trying to overcome that barrier is is a big challenge for the kind of work that I do, but um, doesn't stop me from doing it, right? Because actually, the people who have the least self awareness, the ones who who need it the most. So um, that's a big, big challenge for me. Um, amazing I love that you're actually so um that you're so self-aware and you have like hey this this really helps to create a new narrative new businesses with with that emotional intelligence and also I know that there are obstacles but I'm doing it anyway so that's also the message that we want to kind of uh share with our listeners that there will always be obstacles but when you believe in what you're doing uh, with your core and it's like hey I'm actually changing the world like go for it um, so yeah that's so important uh, you said two challenges so one acquiring clients was the second one <laughs> the second one is is like it is the challenge any business has is supply and demand uh, you know my business is, is is done better than I thought it would do, um, which is always a great place for any business to do. So then the, the challenge is how do I, how do I, it can't be just me. So when I started, it was just me. How do I get more people to, to match how much work I've got coming in, even though it is difficult. Um, and uh, you know, you don't want to get too many people, then it's costing you a lot to pay them all the time. But also if you have too few, then you pay the price by being stretched. So it's always this perpetual uh, fun game of, can you get the balances, you know, the scales to balance? Um, and, uh, you know, it's a challenge, but I also see that it's like playing a game, really. Um, but that, that's, that's my attitude to a lot of my work. It's got to be fun. I know you and, you and I, uh, Diana, talked about fun. It's got to be fun. And uh, the moment uh, it stops being fun, then you need to look at changing things, is, is what I say. Yeah, wow. Let's go there, because I think that a lot of people consider, you know, I feel that it has to be something that really lights your soul on fire. Like that's the fun part. It really gives you that you wake up in the morning and you're ready to conquer the world. Like every obstacle is, you know, you can conquer it. And I think once you kind of, maybe you've been there or maybe you work with companies that had that where lights just gets kind of attained, it's over. And then people are really afraid to pivot or to do something else because they are so certain or they're used to, it's a habit to do certain thing and they are afraid to pivot and go some, do something else that is more fun, more passionate for them. What would you yeah. say about that? I, I, I know you also pivoted, right? I also pivoted, yeah. So I worked for big big corporates. Um, yeah, actually, Mike, I have, I've had several pivots in my life. I started off as a school teacher I then pivoted into the business world uh, and then moved, pivoted into consulting and then, and then pivoted into running my own business. Um, and each time I know it, it, it's, it's scary, right? You know, there's, uh, if you read anything about psychology, people are more afraid of what they lose than what they might win. Mm. Um, and this just, this just hangs on us. And um, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you something that was fascinating. When I set up my business uh, two and a half years ago, I suddenly got flooded by all my colleagues that I used to work with uh, to go for coffee or go for a drink to, because after six months. They wanted to hear how my business was going. 
So I turned up to these coffees and beers and, and wines thinking, oh, they're really interested in me. They really want to know, is it good? Is it bad? But actually what I discovered very quickly is everyone hated their job. Everyone who wanted to have a coffee with me hated their job. And they either were risk averse and they wanted to find out that it wasn't going well. So it gave them a feedback loop that they should stay in their job or they were a risk taker and they wanted to hear it was going well to give them the confidence to go and try something else themselves. And so I gladly, sometimes I just say, look, I'm not even going to tell you about my, my journey because let's just hit, you tell me about your job uh, and let's, you know, let's work out. Um, yeah. So, but that's easy to say, right? Uh, you know, the hardest thing is crossing the doorstep um, on anything, going for a run, uh, learning a new skill, uh, changing countries. Um, so somehow you just have to get yourself to cross that doorstep and then the fun can begin. Mm. I think people all oftentimes think like when I'm going to be ready, I'm going to do it. Th this is what came to my mind. And it's like, yeah. you're never really ready, right? For anything. <laughs> even if you're like studying, even like, oh, I know my stuff. I'm ready to take a new client or whatever that is. But it's like, it's a journey. It's not the destination. It's really a journey of involvement and growth and, and progress, I think. And you can't know if you're ready if you don't go in. Yeah, yeah. It's, and you, uh, you mentioned like changing countries. So before we, we got on a car, you said that you lived on three continents. So tell me, tell me more about that. <laughs> so uh, when I it was a young uh, man, uh, I decided to go on my first adventure uh, straight after high school. And I went and lived a year in Nepal uh, in a little village in the mountains uh, where I was teaching English and doing development work. And that gave me, that was such a culture shock. It, it changed me indefinitely in that one year. Wow. Uh, and I can tell, I could tell you a whole podcast of stories just from that, from that year. Very, very entertaining, but very, very scary. Right. At the same time. And after that, I got the bug. So I certainly used, all any opportunity uh, particularly in my teaching career to go and live and work in other countries so i lived and worked in central america in el salvador uh which is is a crazy country it's got the highest murder rate in the world and wow. but but you know i love latin culture i loved you know again i've got so many stories from those years i went and lived i'm palestinian so i went and lived in palestine where i was working in a university uh when i switched to the business world i went and lived in in madrid in spain uh, to, to see if I could do business using Spanish and work with the Spanish culture. And I loved, you know, I went and lived in, in Scotland. And um, so I've lived in all these places and put down some roots and had to had to start again in each place, make new friends. You know, I'm, I'm the kind of idiot that loves challenging myself, even if it doesn't have to be something that big. You know, sometimes I'll I'll spend a week brushing my teeth in my left hand. I'm right handed just for the challenge to see, you know, uh, because I like mixing it up. <laughs> um so, um, yeah, I love new cultures. I love learning stuff. Uh, and I, I, you know, every year I try and go and visit two new places I've never visited in the world. Um, so that, that's my kind of approach to life. Wow. I consider myself so a global citizen, but you definitely beat me up with this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So much fun. Um, and I'm not going to go into my, my life. People who are listening, they already know what's my take on of, of really having that cultural perspective from, yeah, we are here in actually in one place. We are one and, and more you know about different cultures and, and everything, like more you are work as a unity and we belong to, you know, to one 
space, one place. And I feel that that's such a big part of my business um, to have no judgment and, and that. Yeah, yeah, so cool. Um, yeah, we would definitely need to record another one about uh, I love El Salvador. So I would love to hear more about oh, that. OK, yeah. <laughs> well, well, then we, we definitely got some. Are you a surfer? That's the no, I'm not thing. a surfer. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, fun. Um, so when so tell me like how does the process goes when when people like really identify? So I need to incorporate. I need to like look at this holistic approach of of success with um, IQ, EQ, and FQ. FQ, yeah. Oh, we we need to tackle FQ too. But when they know that that's something that they want to tackle and they approach you and they, what is the onboarding process? Where do you start okay. with? Because success is like really big concept. So where do you start like really kind of getting into that idea what they want? Well, so I, I am a strategy consultant. You know, I spent uh, 15 years as a strategy consultant. So um, that's where I start. You know, I say, what are you aiming for? Mm -hmm. If you don't know what you're aiming for, um, you need to sort that out first, right? You need that clarity. Uh, you need to know what is your North Star, but also what you're aiming, aiming for in the short term. Uh, and then how are you doing against that, right? So success can only be achieving what you said is important and that you want to achieve. So I always start with that. Let's sharpen what you're aiming for. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't talk to people about my equation. I don't talk to them. I don't go looking sell stuff. I say, how are you doing? You know, what are you trying to achieve? How are you doing? And then I talk about their problems. Mm -hmm. Because... That's where you have a richer conversation. I help them then identify, often they don't know what the problems are. They just know there's a, there's a warning sign or a red light going off. And that's usually when they approach me. Um, so it's, it's different from me being a, a coach, right? I'm not a coach, uh, you know, I do do coaching, but a coach is very open-ended. I go in to solve specific problems and the toolkit I use is the IQ, EQ, FQ, but the problem could be anything, you know? So I'm working with a big global mining company to improve their trading performance. So their trading went down. I'm working with a big uh, consumer products company to reduce their volume of stock. They always produce too much product, right? And I'm using IQ, EQ, FQ to do that. I'm working with a, another big drinks company to implement a new IT system, right? But the problem they're having is people don't buy into that IT system. So that's an EQ problem. Right. So so I say, come to me, talk to you about the problems and I help structure those and say, look, here is one solution or how I've solved this with other companies. Would you be interested in in me applying something similar for your company? So that's that's uh, that's how I work. And that's what leads me to work in different industries on different problems. It's what I love. Um, and I love the fact that I'm not just going around trying to sell a handbag, as you said earlier, or trying to sell. I only have this one product. You know, I really listen to the problem and say, that's really interesting. Let's explore that some more. Yeah, that's so cool because I think that just having that diversified business that can be adaptive to any industry because success, like everyone craves success and success looks different to, to anyone, right? Um, and just identify, I love that you go with that. What are you trying to achieve? And you mentioned clarity. I think people oftentimes like say, I don't want this, Yeah. <laughs> you know? And they're just like, oh, but what do you want? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so it's like really getting to that clarity. What are you trying to achieve? What is the goal? What is yeah. really, and also having that awareness. So how are you doing? Like being radically honest with, 
oh, yeah. there is something that is wrong. So I need help. I need support. Yeah. And uh, that's really hard, right? Uh, you know, the great Albert Einstein said, if I only had an hour to save the world, I'd spend 59 minutes working out what the problem is, which is, you know, what is success is. Um, and it's not just that sometimes they find it difficult. Sometimes they're not honest with themselves. I remember once working with a company where they had all the, all the leadership team and I, I read what they said they wanted to achieve. And I looked at all they were doing and I said, either you don't want to achieve this or you're doing all the wrong activities because these two do not match. Mm -hmm. And over the course of an hour, they finally admitted that, you know, that what they said they wanted to do, which was help the planet, you know, be good. They said, they, they one by one said, we just want to make money, right? And they, they, they were almost embarrassed to say it. And I said, look, I'm not here to judge, yeah. right? In, in many ways, it's actually better that you're all honest, right? Maybe don't go and tell all your customers that's your only thing you're focused on. But at least you four now know, and you don't have to pretend. And so now I can judge, we can judge each other against that. And you can come up with ideas against that because otherwise you're pretending to serve something that isn't actually what you want to achieve. Wow. So yeah, sometimes it's as simple as that. It's about honesty and creating an environment that people can actually... Um, say what they want to say for sure for sure so for me that meant like I was out of alignment with what I what I really wanted and what I desired to, from my business and what I was actually doing um, there was something that was really successful it was working but but I didn't want to do it and yeah. it was like out of alignment and that caused me so much stress and anxiety um, and yeah I think like if we would all be more honest with ourselves, like what, what do we want? And ultimately, do I actually work towards that? Yeah. Sometimes we're, we're just fooling ourselves. Like we are busy oh, yeah. being busy with different things that don't even matter. And that's the, I think that's the focus part, right? That's, that's completely, you, you know, it's very easy to be busy. Um, it's like, uh, I'll put it on a personal level for your, for your listeners. Take, uh, I'm sure many of your listeners are probably doing something like online dating for example, or, or, um, and um, when you're in the world of online dating, people will say, what are your hobbies? Mm -hmm. And people will list all these things, hobbies, and they list things that that they either hope they do or think they sound good, right? They don't, oh, they're not yeah. necessarily their hobbies. And I always thought that's a really weird question because basically that's, that's a marketing question. The better question is, I, you know, I always say to people, what did you do in the last week? Those are your hobbies, yes. right? Not what you wrote in a list. So actually look back and you've got the facts. So like you say, you know, look back at what you've actually done and that's, um, and what you actually enjoyed. That's actually what you should be striving for rather than pretending you're something you're not. But it's, it's, it's very easy to, to kind of write down what you think others want to hear. I was parking all week last week, so I'm not going to write that. <laughs> just kidding but yeah that that was such a great point I think um being in that what do I enjoy being honest with what do you enjoy I think what you mentioned before like people wanted to make money and that is transparent that is honest and not being oh I feel weird about me wanting to to create more money that's not selfish it's just like yeah I want that but let's just do it in a way that also helps other people yeah. Being like really like mindful about that. And if we would be more honest of and, and owning our, our desires, I think yeah. that's the key. Like I want something and I'm completely unapologetic about that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but that, I mean, that's a massive leap, right? You know, many, many cultures, society doesn't allow people to, 
to to be what they really want you know we're we're very lucky in in some respects you know living in sweden living in the uk that we are allowed to express what we want so um just being aware of that and uh, it, it can be baby steps for some people but it's immensely liberating and immensely powerful when you can work out what you want for sure let's dive into focus like give us yes. a tip like how do we go to be more focused more effective and like really more mindful of what does actually move the needle yeah so when i talk about focus with companies it's uh, what are you working on um, how many things are they actually aligned to what you want to achieve if not why are you doing them and so many times i go into a company and they're doing 150 strategic projects and i say that's just not feasible right they can't all be strategic if there's 150 of them you really need to be doing 10 and then they they'll be like I we can't get rid of 140 projects that's very very difficult for us so i try and take the emotion out of that and i help them prioritize uh, and sometimes i use fun techniques like playing card games in the boardroom uh, which they always love uh, but it kind of disassociates them makes them help decisions but even on a personal level right are you working on the right things is a big question you should ask but even if you are working on stuff are you generally giving it the focus it deserves you know so i always talk about imagine you have a hundred points of focus and you say to me today diana i've got a really important uh, report i need to write uh, i'm going to give it a hundred points i'm going to give it 80 points of my focus you know i'm going to save the other 20 for for something else and then you're sitting there writing the report and then it, your phone rings or, or you know you get a you go and check instagram you lose 20 points of focus right because you then have to switch back and and, they, and then and then um you're sitting there and you suddenly get hungry uh, so your mind is elsewhere and that's another 30 points of focus you've lost and then it's cold so you have to you have to go and get a jumper and you just think about the cold that's another 20 points so before you know it, you're down to only 15 points of concentration and you said this is super important uh, and you're like well if it's important why are you only giving it 15 All right so people say to me well what can I do in those situations obviously it's little hacks right it's turn off the notifications on your phone make sure before you start any work you've eaten that your conditions are right you know yeah, if you've got a printer that you know doesn't work and you're going to lose an hour to go and buy paper and fix it, just go and buy a new printer. Eliminate these focus distractions, right? So, and obviously at a company level, I do that as well. What are the big things that stop your people working on the projects you said are really important? So, so these are all things you can apply both in your own life and at a, in your businesses. And you'll be amazed. Uh, sometimes getting a fresh pair of eyes to look at things will see all these focus distractors and and then give you a list of say just get rid of these mm. right or change or the, here's some ways to make them better and that's what i do i just love this and i think this is such an important thing uh just to when my clients don't do something and they have a bunch of excuses why they didn't do it and it's just like yeah just like let's be honest it was not important to you that's why you didn't yeah. do it like you know just let's just be honest um and i think if if it if it would be important, um, then we would prioritize. We just, going back to that, we don't really know what we want, um, what we want to achieve and how, you know, what will, will be the minimum viable path to achieving that, right? Yeah. I think we are just, there's like, like you said, like 150 projects, like, damn it, <laughs> you know, too much, too, like, you know, too many open tabs. Um, yeah, this was this was amazing. Um, I think there are a lot of great nuggets. Um, to wrap it up, I would love to ask you, you know, the number one question I ask all yeah. my guests. 
what was one fear that you needed to overcome? And now in hindsight, you're just like, oh, that was such a great success story. Um, you know, if, I mean, there's loads of fears you overcome. But that's going to be another podcast. I that's going to be another podcast. <laughs> Join us on the Ned podcast. But, you know, as a segue to the other podcast, if I go back to that year I spent living in Nepal as a 17-year-old, that was the fear I overcame, right? Going and doing, stepping outside my comfort zone, going and going and doing whatever I would never imagine I could do by breaking it down into small steps mm. um, was the fear I overcame, you know? And it's a fear that still, it still grabs me, right? Oh, that's just, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't go and do that. I couldn't go and ask them for more money. I couldn't go and there, there's no way they'd be my client. There's no way that person would be my friend. It's, close the, close the conversation in your head. Mm that fear that's that's the that's the fear i learned to have I still, I still occasionally you know if i'm tired and i'm hungry i'll listen to that voice and i'll listen but generally i got better at just you know i say run towards the wrecking ball that's the fear <laughs> right because even if you get hit you're going to have a hell of a great ride and a hell of a story to tell somebody later on uh, and you'll know when you play the game again that when to duck so so that's the fear i've really overcome Okay, run towards wrecking ball. I have a saying, uh, eat breakfast for fear. Eat fear for breakfast. So that's my saying. So that's basically <laughs> the same. Um, yeah. I love challenges. Like I am like, I know that you always grow through challenges. So that's definitely speaking to me. Um, how do you, so mindset is a big, yeah. big, big thing that we were yeah. just tackling. What is number one habit? that really keeps you on the growth mindset that you incorporate into your life? The number one habit is, um, I'd say it's, it's reframing things is, is, so I have a little saying when something, when something is bad or um, I, I tend to break it down and I do my own pre-mortem. But the question I ask myself is, is this so bad that if I found a genie in the desert and he had one wish, would I use this wish on this, right? And if the answer is no, it can't be that bad, right? Because I would surely use the wish on something that is the most bad thing in my life, right? So it's about reframing. It. And then once I go, I go, all right, well, it can't be That's that bad, right? And I've got through things that are worse. So there you go. And, you know, I have lots of techniques around that that I talk to people about, you know, have you heard of failure anniversaries? No. Oh, failure anniversaries are great, right? So imagine something happens to you and it's devastating. Open up your calendar, put in a, 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 a meeting with yourself six months in the future or a year in the future. You know, so say you didn't get a job, put it, say, you know, celebration of not getting a job. And when it comes up in a year, you look at it and go, oh, I was really devastated a year ago, but oh, it doesn't really matter. And the good thing is, if you've just gone through something bad and something comes up in your diary from a year ago, that was bad a year ago. And you look at it and you go, oh, actually, I got through that. That was fine. So this will be fine as well. So my diary is full of these failure anniversaries that constantly remind me, do you know what? I've got through a lot in life and I'm still here and I'm doing really well. Uh, and it's, and it's brilliant. That's so good. I never heard about this. And I, and I think that every failure is really a lesson. Um, I don't, I don't even talk about failures more than like uh, one of my coaches says misfits, <laughs> mishits. Um, it's more about, or mistakes it's really about reframing the word failure into a lesson what 
we always get what we want or what we need. So the lesson is really what we need to learn or failure is what we need to learn. So yeah, that's super cool. I love this tip. This is so amazing. Um, failure anniversaries. Definitely going to try that. Yeah. Oh, okay, so where are you taking uh, our listeners? Um, what is the call to action? What they can, where, where they can connect with you and know more about your business and how you help people? Well, I would like to carry on the conversation with all your listeners. I'd love to meet all of them. So they should look me up on uh, LinkedIn, uh, look for Faris Aranki. Uh, um, they can also uh, check out my company, which is, as I said, is Sheer Ghetto dot com www.sheerghetto.com and sheerghetto is s-h-i-a-g-e-t-o um and um otherwise yeah, uh, yeah instagram facebook but linkedin is the best place to look us up or the company website yeah this was amazing well thank you so much for your time for your fun like i i think that this ideology of of how we can be more mindful of success really gives me a different spin on on it uh, and i think i got a lot from it so i i'm certain that my listeners are going to enjoy it too so give us if you are um enjoyed this show we would love to invite you to just take a screenshot of this podcast and tag us on ig you know where you can find me and i'm going to put faris's uh, ig too so let us know what was yeah. your takeaway what did you like it? What you didn't like it? We are. I know. I, I I had a blast. Uh, you know, I was fully prepared for you to pull the plug after five minutes. So <laughs> every minute with extra was a bonus. I know. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, it's a great uh, energizer. I love. I love meeting fascinating people, and uh, as I said to you, start learning just as much from them uh, as I can. Hopefully, share little tips from my uh, yeah. my life. What I do. Thank you so much. Well, I'm sure we're gonna have second or third podcast episode too it was fun inshallah uh, all right amazing i'm gonna definitely watch what is exciting in your life so you guys if you if this resonated with you check out uh faris his website and connect with him and we will be talking soon ciao ciao Thank you so, 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 so much, you beautiful soul, for taking the time to jump in today and listen to this episode. I know you could be doing a gazillion other things, and I don't take this lightly. I really, truly, deeply appreciate your time and your support. And if you love this episode, please subscribe if you haven't yet and leave us a review at reviewthispodcast.com forward slash insider. Let me say this again, reviewthispodcast.com forward slash insider. You can leave a review on any device, which makes this super easy and sexy and really helps me to reach more people just like you. And with that being said, I am sending you a daily dose of vitamin D. I love you so much and I'm so grateful for you. Until next time, fearless dreamer. Mwah.